Hello, 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 and welcome to this, the bonus part of today's FYI. I hope you are enjoying our episode on friends, my friends, and I hope you don't pronounce it friends, because I've heard that a lot of times, and it's not friends. Imagínate esa palabra sin la i. Friends, friends. All right, so we talked a lot about the actors already, but we haven't talked about the characters too much. And I got a hold of, to get a hold of, escogí una copia, enganché una copia, of the character descriptions, the original character descriptions. And remember, when we talk about somebody's personality, we say, what are you like? That's the question. But if we want to ask about somebody's physical, we say, what do you look like? So we're going to talk more about what they are like today, although we might go over some physical aspects as well. Now, here's another thing I wanted to tell you. Now, this is some really serious trivia for all you people who grew up watching TV. There was a show, and this show was a very famous show, a show called All My Children. And I had no idea. I remember the show. I didn't watch the show. But all of their names come from one of these characters' names. So it's kind of a wink or a nod to look at that word again, un guiño, or a tribute to that show. Because Chandler is the name of the family, the Chandler family. Then Rachel's last name is Janet Green. Ross is for Ross Chandler. Monica is for Monique. Joey was for Joseph Martin and Phoebe for Phoebe Tyler Wallingford. Now you're probably thinking, what? Well, it's an old classic sitcom, All My Children. Look it up. And this was a new sitcom at the time, uh, giving them a tribute. I think it's absolutely beautiful. All right, so let's look at these characters. What are they like? First, we've got Monica. And Monica was played by Courtney Cox. She is smart, lista, cynical. If you're cynical, it is cynico. I think you say that in Spanish. Defended, so she defends herself as well. Very very attractive. So yes, there is some physical uh, evidence. I think they were all attractive in their own way, but very attractive. She had to work for everything she has. So es una, una currante. An assistant chef, vamos a pronunciar esa, no es chef en español, chef for a chic uptown restaurant. And chic es de moda. Yo sé que se escribe chic, pero nosotros decimos chic. And she is a romantic disaster area. O sea, con los tíos siempre falla. Nunca tiene buena suerte. So that's Monica. I love it because we can learn so much by looking at these character uh, descriptions. Excuse me. Uh, Rachel is up next. And we know Rachel is played by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. And Rachel is described as spoiled. Uh, mimada, malcriada, consentida, I believe you say. Adorable. Adorable is uh, adorable, obviously. Courageous. 
to be courageous is you're not afraid, uh, terrified. So that's interesting. She is kind of, uh, I guess, a paradox of herself. <laughs> courageous, terrified. It says, Monica's best friend from high school. There's a little relationship information. And she has worked for none of what she has. So very different than Monica. Monica has worked for everything she has. Rachel hasn't. They come from different worlds, but they're best friends. That's an interesting point. Then it says, on her own for the first time. Ella está solita por primera vez. And equipped to do nothing. Y no sabe hacer nada. Next up, we've got Phoebe. Aunque se escriba Foebe, it's Phoebe. And she was played by Lisa Kudrow. And she's described as sweet, dulce, flaky. And somebody who's flaky is un poco, un poco mal queda. You know, somebody who you can't really rely on them too much. She's a new age waif. Waif es esquelética. And new age es como un poco hippie, ¿no? Un poco transcendental. And uh, she's Monica's former roommate, former anterior roommate, compañera de piso. She plays guitar in the subway, and she's a good soul. And she had to learn how to play guitar for this show. And, well, it became one of her, her trademarks. Next up, we have Ross, as I said, the only one that the producers were absolutely 100% certain that was going to play the role. And that was, as I said, his name is David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer. And Ross is described as intelligent, emotional, romantic. Monica's brother, suddenly divorced. So, repentinamente divorciado. Facing singlehood. Enfrentándose a lo de ser soltero. With Phenomenal reluctance. And if you are reluctant, it is reacio. A paleontologist. Not that it matters. Como que no importa. And that's a perfect ending line for his description because that's kind of Ross's attitude in life. Now, next up, as I said, that's my favorite because I identified with him. Struggling actor, Italian-American, always telling jokes and entertaining people. And that's Joey Tribbiani, played by Matt LeBlanc, and he's described as handsome, macho, smug. Smug es un poco ingreído, ¿no? Creído, como se cree. <laughs> es auto. You're happy with yourself if you're smug. It says also he lives across the hall from Monica and Rachel. Si cruzas el pasillo. He wants to be an actor. Actually, he wants to be Al Pacino. O sea, que dice, no, no es que quiere ser actor, quiere ser Al Pacino. He loves women, sports, women, New York, women, and most of all, Joey. And I think they described that character to a T. Either that or Matt LeBlanc played him perfectly. <laughs> and last but not least, Chandler Bing, who was played by Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry, who uh, I think he's a really funny guy, but he had a lot of problems, and we'll talk about those a little bit later. He was... Uh some things got out of control, drugs and alcohol and fame, and we'll find out a little bit later on how fame affected all of them, but it's not as nice as you think. Now, Chandler is described as droll, and the word droll, I haven't used this word very much, but it's amusing, funny, but he's also dry, sickle. 
and he is an observer of everyone's life. He's that guy who pays attention to every little detail, including in his own life. And he works in front of a computer doing something tedious in a claustrophobic cubicle in a nondescript office building. So what they're trying to say is Chandler has a very routine job and life. And it says he serves, he survives, excuse me, by way of his sense of humor, su sentido de humor, and snacks, sus uh, chucherías, sus chocolatinas. <laughs> and I love the last line that sums them all up, que les resume a todos, and it's, all are in their 20s, todos están en sus años 20, and all are trying to figure it out. Cada uno está intentando averiguar cómo va la cosa en esta vida. I know you thought that Friends, like many sitcoms, had a canned laugh track. And canned laughter or a laugh track es una pista de risas. And a lot of sitcoms used it. I think it's not used as often these days. But I'll tell you what, it wasn't used very often during the filming of Friends. In fact, shooting an episode of Friends was a very lengthy process. Lengthy es muy largo. It typically lasted around five hours, cinco horas. They did multiple takes per scene, uh, tomas múltiples, and it took sometimes 20 to 30 minutes to change the set. So, uh, but you want to know the craziest part? Most of the time it was in front of a live audience. And I think that's brilliant as somebody who studied theater it's so much harder and so much more rewarding, gratificante, to perform in front of a live audience. And there were 300 fans there every day, except for the cliffhangers. So cliffhangers are moments of the show where they keep you hanging. Es como en estos soap operas, los, eh, como lo llamáis, eh, telenovelas, cuando dicen, y te voy a decir quién mató a José Cruz. Ahora mismo. Y se va a publi. That's a cliffhanger. <laughs> okay? So a cliffhanger. Que te deja ahí colgando de un acantilado. Like, ¿qué va a pasar? So they wouldn't let the audience in. Because, like, we know nowadays, especially, imagine, imagine nowadays with Twitter and Instagram. People would know what was going to happen. People would spoil it. They would give it away. To give away en este sentido es soplar. So they filmed every day. Very rigorous very, you know, it was a hard, tedious work because I know I've filmed and it seems nice because, you know, you get these nice moments, but it takes a long time to get the lights perfect and everything. So it's not just say the lines and go home. Uh, producing live television is just, oh man, it is a, a laborious task. And they did it and they preferred it that way. The actors preferred it. Uh, they said, Matt LeBlanc, to be exact, Joey said, it's kind of like a test to see if the material works, para ver si funciona o no, if the jokes work, if the story tracks, no, si, si les lleva, si les atrae. And his buddy Perry, Matthew Perry, agreed. He said that, and I quote, our energy just elevates every time there's an audience. And I can tell you that myself as somebody who has performed on stage. There is nothing like feeling that audience there. And it, oh man, it is just an amazing thing. 
And as I said before, it took its toll on them. Les pasó factura. Well, think about it. You know, you're filming every day. You're famous. You can't even go to the supermarket or Starbucks to get a coffee without people hounding you, to use the word from before. And, you know, you don't even know what's going on because you're just kind of on automatic pilot. And Matt LeBlanc, when they asked him about it, the guy who played Joey, he talked about this dark side of fame. And I quote, he said in 2016, for years and years, I barely left the house. I was burnt out to be burnt out as quemado. Then he said, I wanted to not have a schedule. Quería no tener un horario. Remember, in the United States, we say schedule. The British say schedule. <laughs> I don't even know how they say it. They say schedule. We say schedule as if there were a K. He said, I, I wanted to not be somewhere. And I was in a position to do that because we'll talk about it later. They made a lot of money, but only because they were a team. And obviously, Matt LeBlanc's agent wasn't too happy about that. You know, he's like, you know what? I don't really feel like doing anything. I'm going to take some time off. I know everybody wants to work with me, but I'm not too interested. He actually told his agent, lose my number for a few years. And it was a, a really dark time, he says. He said that he almost had a nervous breakdown. A nervous breakdown is un ataque de nervios. And he wasn't the only cast member to go through a hard time, to struggle with this newfound, newfound is recién encontrado, newfound fame that it brought these young people. They all were going through a difficult time. So think about that, the paradox of that. You know, you're having the time of your life. Lo estás pasando en grande. You're making friends, making money. Um, you know, people, you're getting recognition for what you do, but you're not happy inside. You're worn out. You're beat down. And this happens to a lot of people. And it happened to almost all of the cast members. It obviously affected some uh, worse than others. And the one that it affected the worst was Matthew Perry. He got addicted to drugs and pills, and uh, many people noticed this. It, you couldn't hide it. It got to a point where everybody, even the audience, not just his friends and his co-workers and the directors noticed, but everybody around him started noticing that he was going through a hard time. But again, it affected all of them. It just affected some of them worse or harder than the others. And the expression that comes to mind is, fame isn't all it's cracked up to be. And if something isn't all it's cracked up to be, is no es tan bueno como dicen. And you can see that these people had a lot of uh, difficulty, a lot of trouble trying to balance, equilibrar, this fame with their, you know, their, their personality, who they are. And uh, in the end, as I said, we'll re repeat it again because it's a great one to know, it took its toll on them. And if you if you still don't know this expression, then you've got to think of the song by Maroon 5. Es una canción muy chula que dice, This love has taken its toll on me. She said goodbye too many times before. And you know what? That sounds like a tune, una canción, that would be playing at the Central Perk, which, as we already know, was not in New York at all or anywhere near Central Park. But 
did you guys get the meaning of central perk? Does it make sense to you? Central perk. Well, there is a double meaning, really. If somebody is perky, they have a lot of energy. And if you think about it, not all of them, but a lot of these guys, and in general, in the cast, had a lot of energy. They were perky people, right? But also to perk, coffee comes from the word to percolate, to make coffee. So I'm going to perk some coffee for my perky friends. You get it? There's a double meaning over there. And if you recall, there were so many scenes where they were sipping sorbet. They were sipping on some java, sipping on some joe. Those are two other ways to say coffee. We really love our coffee in the United States. Although, if you've ever been there, you know we also like it pretty watered down. Aguado. So my question is this. Where is the real central perk? Well, there isn't one. It was destroyed after. In fact, they used it as a set for an airport, I believe, right after that. So Central Perk is no longer a place, a real place. But there are tributes to this place all over the world. There's one in Duchin in China. There's another one in downtown Beijing, which became very, very popular. And I remember I went to one, and you guys can see in the pictures I posted on Patreon, I was at the Central Perk in Singapore. But hey, if you're not going to Singapore, it's not on your list, you can stop by the one in Liverpool. And I'm sure I'm leaving a few out. To leave out is omitir. And what about that orange couch, that orange sofa? Fijaos, no es sofá, sino sofa. Y no es coach, sino couch. So this orange sofa, this orange couch, what's the deal with this? Because it's almost as iconic as the people who sat on it. And well, this was a couch that was found in the basement, in el sótano, of Warner Brothers Studios. Uh, See? Sometimes somebody wasn't using it. I guess it was used for another movie or another uh, sitcom or who knows. And while well, they saw it was not being used and they said, hey, this couch will do. And if something will do, esta estructura significa nos sirve. This couch will do. And boy, did it do. And another place where Central Perk lives on is when the show wrapped, to wrap es terminar, acabar, when the show wrapped, each cast member took home a piece of Central Perk. So even though the set was destroyed, uh, they each got a little souvenir, a little keepsake, como decimos. So how strong was their bond, su vinculo? Well, remember before I said that they made some good money, but only because they stuck together, se juntaron? It was teamwork. And as we say in English, strength in numbers. De los números vienen eh, la fuerza, ¿no? Uh, another one that comes to mind is united we stand, divided we fall. And during the first season, each cast member was getting around 22 grand. 22 grand is another way to say $22,000 per episode. But allegedly, 
By the second season, they had renegotiated a lot of the contracts, and each actor had a slightly, slightly, as ligero, a slightly different salary. Well, they, they weren't having it. Ellos no lo iban a aguantar. They said, no, 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 no. We're all important here. There's six of us. The show is about all six of us. Everybody should be making the same salary and a damn good one. Why? Because this show is a hit. And so in 1997, all six cast members refused to work. Se negaron. Imagine that. They refused to work until, this was their condition, until they all earned an equal salary of $100,000 per episode. So that's like uh, four times what they were earning. And this was huge. This was really big because this was one of the first times that stars, that the actors got together and said, no, 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 no. What's good for one is good for all. La expresión que decimos, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Lo que vale para uno vale para todos. And so this has been a, a trend now we see, but it started with friends. And they said, no, 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 no. Every, nobody should be making more because, you know, people watch them more on screen. You know, they, they have all these formulas and algorithms and things. But uh, these guys weren't having it. They uh, drive a hard bargain, es la expresión. To drive a hard bargain es, no es fácil negociar con ellos. And good for them. Me alegro por ellos. It worked well. And by the final season, each cast member was earning one million per episode. And I mean all of them. You know, one wasn't earning a million and a half and the other one two million, a million. Everybody was earning the same thing. What's fair is fair. But we did say earlier that possibly Jennifer Aniston has been the one that's been the most successful. But I think it was a toss-up. A toss-up is cuando echas una moneda en el aire. And it's a toss-up, es, es indeciso, between Joey and Rachel. Because they were two very lovable, kind of dumb characters, un poco tontitos. And we loved to love them. And so some people would say Rachel was the star. Obviously, the actress was the most successful one, at least at the time of this podcast recording. But the most successful one, if I recall, in the United States was Joey, without a doubt. And he was not only the most successful one, but, I mean, people went around repeating his catchphrases. A catchphrase is una frase que repite un personaje vez tras vez. And Joey's famous catchphrase is, how you doing? How you doing? So people say, hey, Joey, how you doing? And you go, how you doing? You should listen to it. <laughs> it's really, really cool. Hey, a lot of people use this series, Friends, to learn English because, well, I think they enunciate really well. They're really good communicators. And I think that's one of the reasons for its global success, that even if your English isn't amazing, you're going to get most of the jokes. And there's a lot of physical humor, too. Lo que nosotros llamamos slapstick, que es eh, humor físico. And the proof that Joey was the most popular character, well, he was the only one that got a spinoff. Now, you'd be thinking, you know, oh, they were all offered spinoffs and they could all do their own show. Well, the only one who got a spinoff was Joey. It was uh, called Joey, the show, and it flopped. And when something flops, 
fracasa. So I guess friends was something that was fleeting. Maybe that's another thing that adds to it. They got the right people together with the right script, with the right energy, the right producers, and it worked. And they captured that moment every day on camera, day after day, year after year, season after season. And I think it's beautiful how they became friends in real life. Well, think about it. If you spend that much time with someone, obviously you're going to end up either becoming friends or enemies. And I think for their own good, para su propio bien, they all decided to become friends. Now that doesn't mean that they didn't have their drama and they didn't have their little battles and they didn't bicker to bickers argue. But you know, that's, that's part of the territory. But there is one thing that I loved when I was researching this and it was a ritual that they had and this was every week before they started filming the cast would get together for a moment to prepare the show kind of look it over repasarlo and it was a moment where they would all get together and huddle up and to huddle up is like what a, a soccer team or a, you know any sports team does se ponen en un grupito en una piña i think you say to huddle up hacer piña you know, el, el entrenador, the coach says, bring it in, guys, bring it in. Todos en, ven, ven, vamos a hacer piña. And they huddled every time before the show. But uh, at the end, it started becoming a very emotional huddle. Because the huddle at first was kind of like a group hug. Everybody get in a circle, get the same energy going, you know, connect with each other, look in each other's eyes and say, have a good show. But then... When they realized that the show wasn't going to last forever and that it was going to eventually be, you know, like everything, like it's it was going to run its course. If something runs its course, it's llega a su fin. And so they started getting choked up. They started getting emotional the last year or so when they started doing those huddles because they realized one day we're going to it's going to be the last one. We're not going to huddle up anymore we're never going to have this moment again and well sure enough that moment came and the good thing is uh, since it is tv that was captured forever that moment those moments in time that these six actors created making these interesting funny characters that we fell in love with and their friendship on screen well even took it a little bit uh, off screen and I think that's lovely and I'd like to end with a song about friends a little song that anytime I think about friends I think about this song and it's a song by the Beatles but I'm gonna be honest with you I prefer the Joe Cocker version and he says what would you think if I sang out of tune? ¿Qué pensaría si cantaras eh, sin afinar? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Te dirías, lend me your ear and I'll sing you a song. Déjame tu oreja y te canto una canción. I will try not to sing out of key. Intentaré no desafinar out of key. Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends. To get by is apañarse. I get by with a little help from my friends. I'm gonna try with a little help from my friends. So, my amigos, as my friends, I'd like to dedicate this episode to you guys. Thank you for being my friends and being a part of our little sitcom, as funny and as crazy as it may be. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of FYI.